2: I'm Laura Beldoves, and welcome to Art Talk, the arts program at Cedarburg Public Library. And today we have a very special interview. We have a group of book artists, um, five artists that live here locally. They currently have a group show here at the library. So if you are in the area, we welcome for you to come and stop by. But uh, I would like to introduce uh, Nancy Lomar. Lo Miller and uh, and perhaps um, you can all also introduce yourselves around the table. Uh,
1: Pam Stefan,
3: Anne Thomas, Sandy Kaiser, and Sheila Lewandowski.
2: So I'm very curious. Uh, how as you a group came together?
4: Uh, we all work together at Mount Mary University, um, either teaching, we have fashion, we have uh, interior design, we have fine art, we have illustration, we had all different types of art that we had done, graphic design for myself. And that's how we all met. And then it went from there that we started individually getting interested in um, books and how to make them and why is that important. You know? And for each one of us, it's different
2: so um nancy how about we could start with you how your journey into bookmaking
4: uh when i was at mount mary i was teaching history of design and one of the things that i found very very interesting is that when the printing press was created and when books became a personal connection to the individual I was fascinated with the process of that. Don't get me wrong, I love those big, beautiful, illustrated manuscript pieces, but the intimacy of the book and the content of the book was very fascinating to me. I started taking classes. And Max Yela at UWM offers lectures and conversation um, and it's amazing what he can bring to the conversation and I was very inspired by him.
2: Actually, I think we, you and I, have met earlier because I used to work in special collections, and you did give a book demo presentation to one of his classes. I did, and um, I just found it very fun to learn how to do some uh, different types of book binding. And I, that class too, uh, you know, the journey from how uh, people communicated with the clay tablets mm-hmm. and the little clay pouches of um, business transactions, mm-hmm. and how that evolved to scrolls and and later onto books as we know today.
4: Right. Right. It's very interesting.
2: So, Miss. Um, Ms. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey into bookbinding and bookmaking?
1: My education was in interior design and fine arts. Mm -hmm. Um, But as an interior design professor, I was working with uh, commercial and residential spaces as a practitioner and as a professor. Um, I started making baskets and had gone off into uh, all freeform, unusual materials. And it, it had its limitations. Um, I, I found I was beginning to feel a little stifled by it, and that I've been very interested in Nancy's bookmaking um, because we were in the same department area, and so I, you know, I'd always been kind of watching it, but it was maybe a little too rigid for me. I'm not a rigid thinker, so anyway, um, as baskets were becoming less interesting to me, Nancy asked if I wanted to join this group. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> uh, I did, and what has really been good for me has been an evolution of loving art. Not necessarily books, per se, but book forms, journals, putting art in, expressions with mixed media. It's It's been something where I... I, I it's almost endless, what I can do. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to have the... Uh, long years of um, experience that these guys have these guys are really great artists so I I can also be a part of that group
2: that yeah that's one thing that I discovered um, working in special collections at UWM um, looking at the different book artists and the book arts that were in that collection and just how each artist interpreted the concept of a book and what kind of materials they used. How you interacted with the book. Um, I mean, like you said, it's uh, you know, it's an an endless way of doing it. Um, I remember Max uh, Yella telling me how one of the more interesting books that he had experienced was that a person actually tattooed messages on the inside of his mouth and his uh, under his eyelids and and that so he made himself into a book and you had to like you know interact with his body to see what the message was in his book so and uh, have you ever had um what kinds of things have you guys uh, experimented with, or what's been the most interesting journey that you've had
3: in bookmaking? Yeah, oh yeah,
2: any anyone.
3: As far as making books, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as making books, well, we recently, and I'm an illustrator and an artist, and I my forte is pen and ink and watercolor. So the idea of doing books. These types of books have a lot of texture, and that's what is You know what I'm drawn to as well, as a pen and ink artist. Mm-hmm. But recently, we um, all did a book together. Um, we each wrote, wrote like a haiku or a little piece of poetry that was based on. We called it "Life and Nature," mm-hmm. and we each um, we took everyone's lines and we expressed it in our own way and created our own books. And it's really interesting to see how everybody expressed themselves, so.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a really cool project. Is that, um, uh, where can we see that book? Um, Is it on display today? Oh, great, so. Some of them are. Okay, (laughs) oh, so you each, it's an individual piece of the whole poem. Yes, correct.
5: Cool. Mm -hmm. And this is Sandy. I started in fashion design, um, and I was interested in the book arts. I took a course at Mount Mary one summer. I even joined a group that Nancy had going on campus. But I was finding that as chair of the fashion department, I didn't have the time to always act on the prompts that that group gave and have my creative work done You know, the next time they met. So I, like so many of my creative pursuits, I put it on the back burner. But as soon as I retired, I had all this pent-up creativity that needed some avenues for expression, and I was able to rent a studio. And my my first love is textile arts, and I'm a dyer and felter. But what the bookmaking does, aside from the camaraderie of staying connected with colleagues from Mount Mary, um, the book arts gives me a new... Venue for some of my textile arts. So you know I've felted a cover, I've dyed ribbon to embellish the book. And now what I want to do is is I'm also a writer, and I've done a couple textbooks. So now I'm really anxious about taking it the next step and working more in content. Mm-hmm. and and so I think it's the intersections of all the creative things you're interested mm-hmm. in that that really appeals to me.
0: I think so, too. This is a Sheila Lewandowski. Um, for me, it, um, Max yellow he is an amazing man, by the way. He mm-hmm. just is. And he has an excellent way of describing how we read books. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm the fine artist of the group. And I found that as he was describing how you actually read a book you know how you turn the pages and how that affects you know the storyline the plot and that you actually are part of that experience your reading the lines and turning the pages are about as much the experience as the actual words on the page and i found that um That actually was what I was doing with my paintings. And eventually, I think it just started to develop to the point where um, my ideas outgrew my paintings and that I had to take it in a different direction. And the most logical place was books.
2: So um, how are books constructed? I mean, we're all familiar... The general audience of the books that we see on the shelf, but there are different ways that we can construct books.
4: Yeah, there are. There's the Coptic stitch, which is traditional, it goes back all the way to the beginning. But then there are a multitude of other different things about creating books. You can do them with all kinds of materials, all kinds of different um, structures. I just finished a book. I I had a uh, project with a poet, and um, we printed it. I printed it on canvas, and then I made it into a book. You can print books on all kinds of different mediums, mixed media. The book itself was watercolor, um, photography I'd done, and pen and ink. So you can really go there's there's no limit I created a book a few years ago when this group just started we had a show many years ago and we all were going to do an ABC book so, I'd, when I started doing the research for the book, I actually thought, well, where did that A come from? How did we get to the letters we have now? And I was, you know, the markings way back and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, it was a huge amount of research on it and stuff. But the end of book, I did original le- letters for each in the ABCs, but then I printed it on canvas. And then it became a medieval scroll that hung from the ceiling at 17 feet long. So the sky's the limit. (laughs) Whatever you can imagine, whatever you can experiment with, you can create a book.
5: And I think another thing that's nice about bookmaking is that you can collect ephemera from travels, from nature, from wherever your interests lie, and incorporate them into books. And so... Um, for me, uh, I've traveled a lot and always collecting tickets and and playbills and and things. So I want to make some of those into books that are a form of a scrapbook, but but a very different format.
0: Mm-hmm. And I also think too that um, you know it, it really is very open ended, and um, when you get into bookmaking. You can start with as simple as a single sheet of paper. Uh, You know, it it doesn't have to be this huge project where you're trying to put together everything all together. It can be just this simple, nice little folded piece of paper. I, I find that really just very intriguing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because sometimes when things are simple, you have to think harder on how how you make it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And then something I make also is altered
1: books. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, altered books. And that's taking a book that has had its life, that it's, it's probably soon to be recycled. Uh, and you remove some of the pages. It has to be a specific type of book move some of the pages and do your artwork within the actual book and you take the pages and create backgrounds with and integrate some of the book or other books that you've taken apart Mm
2: -hmm.
1: actually that's there's one in the show that's an altered book and then uh, journals that can also use book covers and take all of the pages out and create your own pages within that book and that's also in the show so there's two different types
2: Sure. Yeah, I've seen uh, books where the uh, people fold the pages and then make shapes out of out of the pages that way, either making w- words or different shapes. Um, I had a patron who um, gave me a Christmas tree that she made using this type of technique. So, um, so yeah, there's I mean, there's ways of creating a book from scratch, uh, like even. Um, making the paper and constructing mm-hmm. it and then uh, also taking a book that's already been made and, and constructing it or deconstructing it as you said into something else. Are there other techniques that um, any of you have done that
3: you'd like to share? Um, a very This is Anne. Um, a very simple one that I like to use in my workshops um, would be just taking, as you said, Sheila, one sheet of paper, it's watercolor paper, and by just cutting it in like four pieces, folding it a certain way and stitching it together, you have your own little journal and it's something you can take, Very, it's very portable and it's it's like a little memory book. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had people come back to me with theirs and um, share what they've done. You could just take it on vacation um, I do have one in in the display out there. Um, but it's it's so simple, so inexpensive, and so portable, and so personal and very tactile. Mm-hmm. Have
2: any of you made books that are more sculptural? Um, one book that comes to mind for me was uh, part of the UWM Special Collections collection, was uh, the book was actually a small box, and you had to open mm-hmm. drawers and take out things and unfold things, and um, you know. So, I mean, when you first look at it, you really don't think of it as a book. But as we s-
4: Sheila, you did some shadow boxes,
0: didn't you? Um, I remember well, that Well, and, and if I remember correctly, um. I think there's a couple books in the show that are like that where um, it's called a dollhouse structure. And um, so you have to lift up the pages and turn them a certain way. And you can actually um, unfold it and it becomes like a little dollhouse. Um, uh, That's that's a very interesting form. And then um, I also did, um, uh, for my own personal... Uh, use uh, a meditation book where um, you open the pages differently at every turn so that as you meditate you're actually meditating on how to open the book interesting and um, yeah that was that was that was fun <laughs> um, and it was a gorgeous piece yes. oh, yeah yes. it was beautiful yes you thank, thank you, beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah and i've i've seen actually a lot of people who have uh done the sculptural books and I do like them um i've seen uh, people who have uh done uh, altar books where they 've actually carved into the book mm-hmm. uh very interesting a lot of use of the dremel and uh yeah it's fascinating so what's the
2: what does that mean use of the dremel
0: the dremel tool mm-hmm. uh the um it's like a multi-purpose tool, <laughs> a little a little saw. It um, shaves, it sands, does all kinds of things. So, so I'm
2: interested in knowing uh, what kinds of other tools do you use to make your
4: books? I did make a book where I had a cover that was made out of wood mm-hmm. and I used a burner to carve penguins in the cover, so a burning tool. Mm-hmm. I oh, yeah. I, I remember
0: that? that, yeah. Can't I can't remember rem- the exact name
4: of it, but it does, you know, burn images mm-hmm. into, you know, things.
0: The standard tools, though, are um, paper, of course. I mean, paper is so important. Um, And that can be a variety. You know, uh, we've used linens, uh, handmade papers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've even used leaves. Um, So uh, the paper part is is very flexible. Then we also use um, some sort of thread. It's usually waxed linen. Um, And depending on the size, you can get different sizes. Uh, This is where um, Pam's... uh, Basket weaving comes into play because the best places to get wax linen are at basket weaving shops. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, and then we usually use, like, uh, Dremels and then the standard rulers, pencils, and uh, X-Acto knives. <laughs> okay. And do you use um, bone folders, too? And bone to make? folders, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Those do help. Um, scoring tools help, too. Mm-hmm.
2: And you mentioned um, the dollhouse construction. So are there specific names for these shapes
0: or constructions that you make? There are. There are a lot of... um, Each one has a a different um, title. Um, Some people, um, their sole purpose is to uh, create different book forms. Mm -hmm. So I know um, Heidi Kyle um she has done um, a lot of uh, just book forms um, and then the other one that I, I really like was um, Alison Golden. Uh, she did a hundred different handmade books uh, that's the title of the book is a hundred different handmade books and so and then each one has a, a different name so uh, there's different stitching Um I, I know that they have my um, Irish Coptic mm-hmm. stitch, and uh, there's just a general Coptic stitch. Um,
4: the Belgian one.
0: The Belgians, the secret Belgian binding. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So there's so, lots of them. There's lots of them. Sure.
0: Um,
2: are you familiar with um, four edge painting of books? This not exactly a book. Well, I guess it is a book art um, where uh, um, older books, when you would open the book, the pages um, would um, spread out a little bit. So then artists would paint a painting on the ends of the pages so so that when you Mm -hmm. open the book, like if you opened it in the middle, um, the edges of the paintings would spread out and Typically, there was a landscape or, a, or a like a palace or a manor house pictured there. Um, and then uh, some books have double four edge painting where, if you open the pages uh, one way, you see this scene, and if you open the pages another the other way, mm-hmm. you see another scene. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? No, no. It sounds
4: really interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So I want to um, say there's a couple of those in the special collection yeah. at UWM, yes, yeah, and are. I think I've seen them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you're right; they're just they're fascinating. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's 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 a really like a hidden treat. You know, you mm. open the book and it's like oh. This beautiful artwork is hidden in these pages because it's not evident when you have the book closed, you have to open the book to see the paintings. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I wanted to go back to tools just a minute Mm -hmm. um, because it has to do with sanding. Sandy uh, is an eco-printer, among other things, with Mm -hmm. her her, uh, scarves. And she brought that to us. She has totally different tools than we were using because she has all of the dyes, the mordants. uh, And so that becomes another tool of ours. I have a journal in right now that's one of the eco-print that we did with her. So she brought something entirely different in.
5: And and what that did is it stretched my textile practice into exploring... uh, printing on paper. Mm-hmm. So you use foraged leaves and bark works, some t- flowers, and you layer them with the mordanted paper mm-hmm. and then boil it so that the color of certain mm-hmm. leaves will be left on the paper. And it makes for, for beautiful, beautiful um, papers.
2: Have you ever tried um, flower pounding, where you pound flowers into textiles or... And it leaves the
5: color of the flowers and the... I, I have. I'm familiar with it. But mm-hmm. um, much of that is not real stable
0: mm. to
5: light and time. So I prefer the methods, because I sell some of my pieces, sure. I prefer methods that are going to be stable to um, light and washing.
2: Sure. More archi- archival are there other methods that um, any of you like to use in
4: your works that we haven't talked about yet? I'm trying to think. You know, you've been doing this for so long, I've got to go back, what did I use? <laughs> well,
5: one, one of the things that I've just been bringing to the group, and, and Pam's explored it with me a little bit, is using tea bags. I'm an avid tea drinker, and mm-hmm. so um, unfortunately, a lot of our American tea bags, they won't eco-print, which was my first hope. But um, I found that they will print in my computer, so I mount the tea bag to a piece of paper, and then do a contact sheet of some of my photography, and then print it on the the uh, tea bags, and that giving me a really interesting sheer um, it's almost, it's paper like it's it's fabric like paper to um, use in my books and because it's transparent you can cut out a window so that you can see through it on the page or you can just mount it on top of something but it's interesting
4: one of the things that I have been incorporating is the fact that I can make I created a little book on the magic flower you know of flowers and color I think it's in the show also and one of the things though is in incorporating it I was able then technology to incorporate in a lot of my books the idea of technology because I scanned everything into the computer and then I created the book like an accordion book that it worked real well and I could print on watercolor paper so it had the texture of watercolor paper so it is incorporating all kinds of different mediums and collaborating
2: so you, you mentioned accordion books so what is that what is that exactly
4: accordion book is when the pages are folded just like an accordion mm-hmm. and they can be double sided as my little flower book is, um, or they can be one sided depending on and then they stand up they're almost like a piece of sculpture sometimes if you open them up and then sit them someplace yeah,
2: okay, so yeah, are there cool. other ways that books can be folded that um
5: you can wrap it around a spool you can um, hang it you can incorporate branches into use as the binding Mm -hmm. Um, it's infinite and people are adding to to you know thanks to pinterest and and all of these creative social media platforms we have Um, plus groups on on Facebook, there are all kinds of ways of interacting with like-minded artists all over the globe. And so you share ideas and and take an idea and then move it forward some more in your own way.
2: Do you ever... um, Some of the books, the way they're folded, remind me of origami. Do you Mm -hmm. ever take inspiration from those kinds of shapes or folding...
4: Okay, Sheila, I'm going to ask you. Remember that one book where we folded and bent the ends and it helped the pages? You and I did it alone at one time, a long time ago. And it was just, it was how the paper was folded is how the binding was folded. It actually helped the page stay in place because we had to make this triangular thing and then fold this lip down. So, yes, I would agree that that's very much a part in some of these folds.
0: Cool and i think um yeah the artist heidi kyle she she does a lot uh with um origami and uh with um book folding Mm -hmm. that is really um very interesting very intriguing because you can not only uh, do the whole entire book but you can also do like uh, little sections in a page that fold out as well Mm -hmm. that sounds really interesting yeah Mm -hmm. yeah some of them are really just very fascinating Mm
2: -hmm. So it sounds like all of you are um, looking what uh, other artists do. Are there, like, how do you get inspired when you're
3: starting to do a work? I would say that we get inspired from one another because each one of us brings something different to the table. I'm newer at this than everyone else. So just to be a part of the group, um, we share our specialties I do pen and ink. We'll spend, we spent, we um, spent an afternoon, you know, sharing what I do, and then of course with Sandy's eco printing, and it's just, it. We were just together yesterday, and we were sharing so many ideas that it's like you just can't wait to get home
5: and start. So, um. and I think as artists, it's all about seeing and and taking time. In everything you do, to look around you and, and take inspiration. For my dying, it's color, and then those colors are imparted into my bookmaking. Um, but it's 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 experiencing um, when it when I'm at a museum. It's who I'm with and the ability to talk it over and see what their perspective is, and then you come back and you process that information in your own way. If I'm traveling overseas, it's time and place. What makes a, a particular art, artist and exhibition important at this particular time? And how do you see that art in the culture that, in which it was created? So um, it's just using all your senses and being open to inspiration all of the time and then processing that into whatever form of art you're working on.
1: And then there can actually be collaboration, too. Anne is a brilliant illustrator. Anne is a brilliant illustrator. And um, she and Nancy yesterday started a collaboration on some book making. Because Nancy's incredibly talented with the computer. She came up with ideas. All of us started putting things in. And we've inspired each other, given each other ideas.
2: That's great that you have each other to to um, help inspire each other and um,
4: influence your work. We were talking yesterday about the fact that a lot of people think that artists are, like, isolate themselves, in a yeah. bo- and it's really not true. The stimulation mm-hmm. comes from everybody talking and sharing and, mm-hmm. and, and problem solving. Sometimes I don't know how to finish something or the binding isn't working right, and then we brainstorm through that, and it really helps to stimulate us to just keep working on stuff Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Yeah, I was thinking about that because with um Pam Pam brought in some paper that she wanted to share with us and I think all of us looked at that paper and went oh my god I can use that (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Uh, so something that you know Pam didn't feel like was very inspirational she brought it in and showed it at us, and was like, "Oh wow, that I could do something with. I have to do something with that."
2: yeah i i've um I when I was doing my undergrad, I discovered um surface design, and I spent um, a lot of time in the studio doing boutiquing and uh, embellishment and things like that. And um I just find it really uh the whole process of you know um trying something and then seeing what it results and then seeing how it might lead to doing something else Mm -hmm. and you don't always know what what you're going to end up with or maybe you have kind of an idea of what you want to do but um your path changes along the way. Have you experienced that as well? Just
4: recently with the book that we all had the quotes from, I printed it out on canvas, and then I printed it out on this, and then I printed it this. I think I printed and redesigned it eight times <laughs> before I finally, it's in the show. But yes, there's a process. But we talked about that yesterday when we were going through this. Giving yourself permission to go, this isn't working, and then, oh, I learned this from it, and then taking it next step, that idea of permission of, I don't want to use the word failing, but just you try something and it doesn't work. And it's okay to try something and it doesn't work.
5: And part of that is sometimes letting it sit and sleeping on it or putting it aside and then bringing it out uh, weeks or months later. And all of a sudden, the solution becomes very clear to you. So before the show, I was forced to finish a couple things that just had little straggly Um, finishing details um, to have them be done Mm -hmm. and this show um, forced me to do it but other times you see what you thought was a horrible mistake at one point as just a little um, detour and and directing you in another way Mm
0: -hmm.
5: Have
2: you found some things to be uh, difficult and how, how have you gotten through that? And doing
4: an artwork? For me, it's trial and error. If it's really difficult, sometimes the group helps to solve that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there are things. I agree with Sandy in the fact that sometimes you just have to let it go and then try to, you know, let, and then come back, you know, a week later or whatever and stuff. I think that's true. You have to give yourself permission.
3: And sometimes you just have to do it over yeah. and mm-hmm. over and over. Mm-hmm. And each time you do it, it's different and unique. Um, that used to be. A trial for me mm-hmm. um, but now it's kind of fun I just let go of the outcome and um, you'd be amazed what you do.
2: Mm-hmm. So where have you all shown your works? Are you always showing as a group or do you show individually as well?
4: I have shown well Sheila and I shown in Oregon
2: yeah, we yeah, did that,
4: yeah. and then I had my artwork here in Cedarburg at the cultural center, and then I had a couple other shows that I have been in over the years with just bookmaking. I did do a book; they were doing a book on the process of um, um, dying, and I had created a book um, when I had gone through some things, and uh, it ended up in a London show. Oh, yeah, in Door
0: County. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. I have I, shown all over, so I don't, mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Um, for book arts, though, um, it's a sort of new emerging field. Mm-hmm. So there's not quite as many uh, venues. Um, we have to give Nancy Bill Miller just a ton mm-hmm. of credit because you have done such an amazing <laughs> job of pushing forward this art form. Thank you.
2: Now, would you say that um, book arts is um, becoming more popular because it's a reaction to the the, um, digital age?
5: That people. I I think um, it's a form of self expression, and because the bookmaking forms can be very simple to much more complex, anybody can do it, and then they add their own expression to it so you can do it and journal in it you can you know you can add your poetry it's a means of it 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 can be shared or it can just be something very private so I think it's more that form of self-expression because truly when you really get into it it's a blend of old school and new school technology Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's a form of self-expression that I think is very important during our challenging times. I
4: agree.
1: And I come from a different perspective in that these guys are all very good artists. Um, I just started doing some things. Mm-hmm. And you can. It's, it's not something that you have to have years and years of um, practice and experience, education, in order to have a good and satisfying product.
2: So how? where did
4: you learn? book making um this art for? I took classes way back in the beginning when I started the history of design mm-hmm. and I started to experiment. I thought, okay, I need to know how to do this. It was kind of a, a, a curiosity of my own, but then I was teaching students how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I started by taking a lot of classes, and shockingly, there were quite a few offered over the years. Oh, really? Just around in the Milwaukee yeah, area? Yeah, They were at Mount Mary, but then UWM, and then I went down to MyEd, and then, you know, so there were a lot of different places that i over the years and then i experiment and then there's so many books mm-hmm. that you can get that have tech like step by step, and stuff and so you experiment that way too
5: mm-hmm. one of the reasons that i got interested and and took a, took classes and also um, started buying the books in design in my case fashion design many employers didn't just want to see a finished portfolio they wanted to see a process portfolio they wanted to so we started teaching them to do uh, mini sketchbooks if you will that showed their their initial inspiration their rough drawings in the beginning the added fabric but they wanted to see steps on the way not just something beautiful and completed but not understanding where the designer got that from and so bookmaking was an extension of my teaching for a while yeah
4: Right. In graphic design, they really want to see how you think. They want mm-hmm. to know what your research is. They want to know how you came to that final design mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it became part of their portfolio structure. Interesting. And we had the same experience with interior design.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
2: <laughs> that whole process of mm-hmm. getting the problem and then yeah. how you went about solving it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so
4: I think all of us, I'm a teacher, I teach watercolor classes and other art things, Anne is a teacher, and it's one of the things, that evolution of no matter what the medium you're working with, you're, there's that process of helping the person develop and knowing what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's very important. There's a
3: lot of satisfaction in doing that because there are people who think they can't do something mm-hmm. and that they have no talent. And when you teach them a few basic techniques and say, "No just let go, they are surprised at what they can do, so it's very satisfying for me.
2: I agree. There was an article um some years ago in American Craft magazine where the author was saying that everyone has the innate need to make something mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to be art. It could be cooking or making a machine or, or things out of wood or what have you. But, um, the, uh, you know, we, we all have this need to, to make something.
5: I think it helps us to process our emotions. And right now when, when emotions can be so up and down, that's really important.
0: And I think, too, uh, creating experience. I think people crave experience, and book arts gives you the ability to give somebody a new experience without them going through a lot of effort, you know, not traveling or, Mm -hmm. you know, they can just hold that book and experience what you would like them to experience and then bring their own reaction to that.
2: So um, we do have your works on display here at Cedarburg Public Library. Where else could we see your works? Is there anything else going on right now or coming up?
4: that I have a piece of one of my books in the Cedarburg Cultural Center right now Mm -hmm. um, with the membership show. I do.
3: I also do. I have several pieces in the Cedarburg Cultural Show right now. Mm -hmm. And I will have an exhibit in April... At the University of Whitewater, it's called the uh, Roberta's Gallery. Mm-hmm. So I will have my work up there. Nice. I have a website.
0: <laughs> 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 I, I
5: was,
4: yeah. We Remember, Sandy? Didn't didn't you? Don't you show your scarves? At different places. Yeah, I, I
5: don't show my books. I show my um, textile dyeing and so I they're for sale at Shoe in um, Third Ward in Milwaukee, Born a Botanical Garden, and um, Woodwalk Gallery up in Door County.
2: Well, this has been another uh, art talk at Cedarburg Public Library. It's been a real pleasure uh, speaking with you all and learning about more about book. Uh, bookmaking. Thank Thank you.
5: Thank you. Thanks.